Hello, everyone. Welcome to the High Post Podcast, episode 9. Thank you for joining us. We're your two bound guys that talk sports. I'm Sahil. My name is Arman. And so yesterday, I was watching the Bucks and Raptors game, and I just, this came to my mind. I don't know if it came to your mind, but like, I feel like people are kind of underlooking. I mean, now the media is talking about Kawhi a lot, but I feel like before it was sort of this hype that, oh, Giannis is the preemptive best player in the East, right? Like, oh, there's no way. Nobody else is in that discussion. But I kind of think like, Kawhi Leonard is just way more superior than Giannis. Like, he's a better shooter. He's a better defender. I think he's a better scorer than Giannis. And he has a far less talent than Giannis has in Milwaukee. Like, where Giannis has a bad game yesterday, for example, and his team still almost won the game yesterday. But, like, if Kawhi Leonard didn't have 36 or so odd points, his team would lose. Like, what do you think about that? Like, No, I, I get what you're saying. That's why um Toronto was my initial pick to go to the finals outside the East because I felt like... Kawhi Leonard was getting overlooked. You obviously don't hear about him as much as you heard about Giannis this year. Could be uh, the marketing. I don't know if it is in Toronto, if it's a lower market, you could think. But uh, the other thing is Kawhi sat some games out, but he still produced. He shows in the playoffs that the rest that he had in the regular season was actually worth it for him because he's been balling out. And uh, but right now, what is it? They won the last game 2-1. Yeah, it shows. Giannis had – obviously, he's having great games. But you need a near-perfect game from Kawhi Leonard just to even win a game. And it's it's tough, and it shows during this um, series. But I still think I still think Giannis is probably still the best player in the East. Uh, reason being, he might not have had a great game last game, but he's still one of their best defenders, the rim protectors. He had like 23 rebounds almost. He picked it up towards the end, but... As far as offensively goes, like you're saying, Kawhi is a better scorer. He's equally as good as defensively, but I feel like Giannis' impact is a little bit more. But for me, like I said, uh, whoever won this series was going to be, for me, the best player in the East. Right now it's 2-1. There's still a ways to go, though. I just think, like, the way Kawhi is playing, he's, like, even this whole series is significantly outplaying Giannis. But I, don't get me wrong, like, Giannis is a fantastic player, and I don't like judging who's a better player based on situations because, like, Maybe if Kawhi was on the Bucks, they would do better without him too. But like, I just feel like when you look at them side by side and you just compare everything, like maybe athleticism is all Giannis. That's all Giannis. That's that's not even a question. Like the, the dude's a freak, literally. I mean, like if you look at scoring, like I feel like Kawhi Leonard can score in a different variety of ways that Giannis probably can't. Like he's a better, like I said before, he's a better shooter and better defender. I think Kawhi Leonard can lock up. Giannis is a good defender, but I feel like he's more of a help defender. He's not going to go out there from the jump and guard your best player like how Kawhi would. Like, whether it be, like, he's guarding LeBron or whoever, like, KD, the whole game. I feel like Kawhi Leonard would do that. No, that's true. When it comes individually, I'd probably have Kawhi as a better lockdown defender. But then Giannis, is just, his presence on the floor is just so overwhelming to other players because you never know when the guy could just come up and block a shot or even if he doesn't block a shot, shooting over that wingspan of his and his athleticism, his height being almost or being seven feet, it's just it's just a just wrecks havoc on the court. But I don't know. Let's see. Uh, as of right now, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is on like one of the probably one of the top runs we've seen from a player in a while. Not not in a while, maybe like almost like last year, almost to when LeBron was making his run with the Cavs, as far as putting up 30, yeah. 40 points, hitting a game winner here, and just willing your team to wins. But, I mean, you can only go so far. 
And obviously, Toronto needs uh, not just Leonard to show up, but the other players in Siakam, who missed a few key free throws, yet they still won the game. And Lowry, they still need those. He still needs his supporting cast to show up. While in Milwaukee, everyone's showing up. Like Giannis is having a good game. Brogdon's back. He's been playing really well. Bledsoe's been iffy, but Middleton's super consistent. And even Brooke Lopez has shown to drop a 30 piece here and there. Oh, yeah. Like, if anybody from this podcast pulls up a clip from February, you hear me saying, I don't think the Bucks would be a good playoff team just because I don't think these guys are good enough. Dude, I was dead wrong about that. Like, these guys are really good. Like, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe. To me, like, I go back to this. They don't have a lot of five-star players or four-star players like the Warriors do, but they have, like, in terms of one through 15, they have a lot of three-star players and up on their team. They're solid role players, like, Guys like George Hill, Pat Connaughton, all these guys, Ilya Sova, all these guys are solid players in the NBA who could score double digits on every team. So they have solid eight, nine guys on their rotation that can score double digits, and that's pretty scary to me. Oh, yeah, they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA, I would say. Just everyone who comes on the court makes an instant impact for them. And it helps. It carries over. Giannis can have a break a bit, and then someone else can carry the load, and Giannis comes back and does his thing. But... Uh, right now, Series 2-1, it's not over yet. Still another game in Toronto. If they can tie it up, it would be a good series to go on for. Initially, it looked like Milwaukee was going to run away with it, just that the way they were winning with the amount of points they were scoring yeah. and the differential they had. But um, it will be good to see. It was a crapshoot, right? There was a really bad first two games in Milwaukee for Toronto. And I feel like, like I said, you have to see like the other team play at home first before you can get a grip on a series. But... Going forward, I still think, like, Milwaukee would probably win in five because, like, this game, Giannis played so bad, and they only lost by, like, a couple points. So I think Giannis can't be that bad next game. So I think they'll be a lot better and make adjustments and probably win the series in five. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, uh, well, it's game one. Lowry had 30 points. Terrell, Leonard did his thing, and they still ended up losing. Yeah, and that's hard. I just don't see Giannis having this poor of a night like he had last game anymore i can see milwaukee in five as well i can see that yeah dude first of all if kyle Lowry scores 30 points in a playoff game and you don't win that game that's when you know things are bad like that's the game you needed to win yeah that's he's a not gonna do that again <laughs> well hey according to eric bledsoe he's gonna make the hall of fame so oh god that's a bad like honestly going on that topic like let's just have a little semi discussion about that do you think actually think kyle Lowry is like a hall of fame type player i think he's a good player but like like i said in terms of hall of fame nowadays like the resumes are not really like how we think it is right like you well, don't have to be like a superstar uh i feel like you have to make some sort of impact or have some sort of accolades to make the hall of fame as far as lowry goes outside of making what a few all-star teams i don't think he's ever made an all-nba team no, from yeah. what i could think uh he obviously hasn't won any major award like a rookie of the year or uh not even that, like a six-man, not even a six-man. Like obviously, he's not an MVP. He's not a defensive player of the year. He hasn't gotten any defensive teams, I would think so. Oh, God. <laughs> so I don't I don't see how he could make the Hall of Fame off what what has he done to make the Hall of Fame is what I would like to know from Eric Bledsoe's point of view. But yeah, no, yeah. like uh, you'd have to do something to make the Hall of Fame. Like I don't know who the worst guy, if you can even say there's a worst guy in the Hall of Fame is, but... Sure. I don't think he'll make the Hall of Fame. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, like, if, like, let's say, if we sing, like, Andre Iguodala, 
Dollar's going to make the Hall of Fame? Do we think Kyle Lowry is going to make the Hall of Fame? Then that's like a fair question you could ask because they're both around the same. Wait, is Iguodala making the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I you think, think Iggy he just... is the only guy, unless there's others, um, to win finals MVP that won't make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't think Unless Iguodala he somehow is wins this year another finals MVP, then you almost have to put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably one of the most important players for the Warriors over the years, but I don't think anybody could say, like, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, No, I, I wouldn't say so. To me, like I said, to be a Hall of Famer, you have to, like, I don't want to say average 20 points a game because it's not, like, that simple either because there's a lot of guys that haven't averaged 20. But you have to, like you said, make an impact and be, like, the main reason why your team is winning. And I feel like, yeah, Kyle Lowry might contribute a lot to Toronto's wins, but I feel like if... Kyle Lowry wasn't on the Raptors, like, and they started Fred Van Fleet in these playoffs. Would they not? I think they would still be in the same situation. Don't you if think not, so? If not better, I think Van Vliet might actually be a better player this postseason. Um, or at least a better point guard in that sense for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, that's why I say, like, with this series, Toronto, like, did they had game one. Like, they were right there with it. And, like, Kyle Lowry scores 30. Pascal had, like, 20. Kawhi had 30. I mean... There's not much more else I feel like they can do. In Milwaukee, these guys look like they're giving it the all, like, every game. All the role players and everybody. doesn't matter where they play, road or away. And I learned that with my Celtics pick, and I was, like, pretty off on that. That, that did not go well. Like I said, the Bucks just cruised through the uh, Celtics just because Paul Pierce said it was over. And obviously, he ruined my pick. So, like, thanks to that, Paul Pierce. I mean, yeah, I would have Paul- had a really good, bold take if the Celtics made the finals. I would have had a really good prediction. But he had to go out there and just ruin it. Paul Pierce has been wrong a lot this this year, actually, man. The nickname is The Truth. They should call him The False or something. <laughs> He's been pretty off on all his picks so far. That dude's a liar. <laughs> the liar. But that's the Paul liar. Pierce's nickname. <laughs> Whoever, if Paul Pierce bets on your team, that's really bad. Like, you want to go to Las Vegas if you're betting on a game and change it instantly if you can. If Paul <laughs> Pierce bets on your team to win. Whoever team you bet on to win. That's a bad omen if that guy's betting on your team. He's kind of like the Drake curse, like the equivalent. But, like, Drake's been doing a good job of that now. Like, he's trying to wear the other team's jersey. So, like, he's trying to jinx them into that. He's kind of like, he knows, like, oh, crap, man. Toronto can't lose. I have to wear the Sixers jersey. And look at that. The Toronto Raptors actually had a miracle happen in the playoffs because of that. So, I mean, look at that. <laughs> All right. And shifting gears to the other series. And this series, to me, is not even... I thought this series would be a lot more competitive, honestly. Because I thought, like... Okay, the Warriors don't have Durant. It might hurt their psyche a little bit. And Portland, this looks like a Cinderella run for Portland. They might challenge a little bit. Not make the finals, but, like, challenge them a couple games. But, like, not even the case. The Warriors are still the Warriors. And I guess people can't really say they need a Kevin Durant or DeMarcus Cousins. They're still the best team in the league, in my opinion, without those guys. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that. Yeah, no, definitely. They're doing well. They're up 3-0 right now. They might just pull off the sweep. Oh, it's over. And it's okay. crazy. And I think so, too. Um, one of the reasons why I thought this would be competitive was I believe that Portland was not afraid of the Warriors. And they may not be. They may just not be able to just beat them. Uh, because they've been up the past few games yeah, by a good amount. Like 18 last lead. game, 20 or whatever. And they end up blowing it. I don't know how you blow it. Uh, after the half, we're going into the third or fourth. They just, I don't know, they just break down mentally. And being down 3-0, you obviously, they're not going to admit defeat. But I just think this might be the game where they just just accept their fate and just go down now. No, like I said, like, we were talking about Toronto earlier when you get that big of a game from Kyle Lowry. And then now, like, if you're up by 15 points in Golden State 
you're not going to get another chance to do that again. So, like, you have to take advantage of that. And they had two games like that. They could have easily been up 2-1. But now they're down 3. So that's when it shows, like, the playoff experience for the Warriors and all that. Like, the Trailblazers are who we thought. Maybe they are who we thought we were. But, like, I still feel like they're having a good season. They made it this far. But, like, if they can somehow squeeze out a win, if they somehow squeeze out a win in game two, I feel like it would have given them more confidence. Because they're kind of like the Raptors. They play with confidence. Like, the Raptors now are a little bit more confident in their postseason success after, like, they've had their hearts broken for, like, the past however many years by LeBron and whatever. So I feel like they're getting more confidence. I feel like the Trailblazers needed that win, too. And they would have had the similar amount of confidence going forward. Yeah. And one thing about the Blazers is pretty crazy is no matter how this is the best run they've made in quite some time now, the past few playoffs that they've had, they've always been swept. So it's not a good look. And they might end up getting swept again this year, albeit this is their best run in the postseason. So I don't know what they need to do. Obviously, they need to get better as a team. They're not. They don't have Yusef Nurkic right now. That's one little. And that's one big thing. But they've shown that they can beat teams. Like they've beaten OKC. Uh, they gave. They beat Denver. Obviously, they made a good run there. So you would expect them to get a game or two at least against the Warriors team without KD and Demarcus. But that's not the case. That's just um. More praise to the Warriors team. One thing is, however, my opinion, I don't know if the Warriors, they might still be able to, depending on who they play in the finals, uh, win a championship without Kevin Durant. I think they'll need KD to win this ring. See, I'm kind of For on me. board. I'm kind of on board with you there, but at the same time, I still think they can without him because, like, I get what you're saying. You're going to go up against an elite small forward. one, two, Whoever wins in, out of the Milwaukee Toronto Series, you're going to have to go up against a guy at, at that position who's elite and one of the best in the league in Kawhi and Giannis. Well, for me, if if it's Milwaukee, they'll need Kevin Durant more, in my opinion. That I could see something like that because, like, I guess you could say, like, the Warriors, maybe they did need Kevin Durant to be a, a guy like LeBron, which they couldn't before. Like, they need somebody to, like, sort of, like, do the same at the other end, which Harrison Barnes wasn't doing obviously so like maybe like you said like maybe they need a team maybe they need him to beat them in the finals but i still feel like you don't they don't really need kevin durant more so than he needs them right like to win a championship well yeah i mean it, it looks like it right like he wasn't able to get it done now he has because he's been winning but i i don't know one thing is who knows if we'll even see durant coming back uh from the injury that they said uh i think kerr said recently too that is a little bit more serious than they thought uh, they're obviously just really they ruled him out for I think game four. I don't know if they ruled him out for the rest of the series or not. If it yeah, goes any further, yeah. uh, but I mean if they if they don't have Kevin Durant, the Warriors do end up winning a title. That's a bad I mean, look. Is That's it a, a bad really, look? Well, That's I think a really bad. I think look. Durant's leaving regardless of the ring or not. Um, Dude, but my, yeah, it'll look pretty 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 bad on Katie's part. In my opinion, it was actually looking good for Durant this postseason coming in. Like, oh, crap, okay, like, Kevin Durant is really balling out. Like, where's Steph Curry? Everyone was – I remember people were saying that. They're like, where's Steph Curry, bro? Kevin Durant – This the, people actually I said was, Kevin Durant was carrying the Warriors. Like, I was one carrying. of those guys thinking the same thing, too. Like, oh, Clay Thompson's been rusty. Curry's been here and there. But Durant's been the only consistent guy ever since he said the I'm Kevin Durant thing against yeah. the Clippers. It looked like he was willing them to win games. Yeah. But now, I mean, like, he's not there. The ball's moving. It's flowing. Draymond's scoring. Clay's putting up numbers. Curry's just astronomically putting up numbers again. It's, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the players look more happier and more, like, I, I don't want to say they like playing without Durant because I don't think that's the case. But, like, 
I want to say, like, the style of play, this is, like, a lot more Warriors reminiscent than, like, because when they had Durant, these players, they were sort of not playing Warriors style. They were winning, but, like, it was sort of when they were going to six or seven games with Rockets, Clippers, like, they're playing tough series. They were playing more iso ball, giving it to Kevin Durant, just letting him do his thing, which isn't a bad option. But, like, if Steph Curry or whatever, that's why those guys aren't playing well, because they weren't getting the ball as much. And I feel like now they're getting more of a chance to shine without KD. That's true. And I think uh, they asked Draymond the same thing, too. And his, I think his answer was something along the lines of they get lazy, so they know Kevin Durant is there. You can give him the one-on-one, which could be the case. They might feel like, oh, Durant's there. We can run through him. But when he's not there, everyone has to pick up their part of the team, pick up their, you know, do their roles. And everyone has stepped up so far. So, I mean, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward if there isn't any KD. Yeah, and I never want to say a player is rooting against his team to win a title, but do you think Kevin Durant is rooting against the Warriors to win a title just for the simple fact that he would get he would get a ring, right? But like for the simple matter of fact, like oh, like if they win without me, do I think that's a really bad look for him if if they win without him? Because that shows like basically you made, and I still think he made one of the weakest moves like a superstar can make. But like that to me would even more justify it and be like oh that's really bad. Like, you were saying all that stuff, like, oh, you're this and that, but your team doesn't even need you. Like, they just essentially went on to win without you. And he's, no doubt he's a top player in the league. I'm not saying he's not. He's arguably, you can make a case maybe he's the best player in the league. But, like, I still feel like without him, they don't really need a player like that. And if you take anybody else off another team, it's not that same. It's not that same level. It's a different level of drop-off compared to Durant with the Warriors. If you give Yeah, him no, no, I understand. Like, you take... Kawhi of Toronto, that team's not making it oh, out. No. They might have lost to Orlando in the first round. Maybe not, but they weren't going this far. But, no, yeah, I understand. I think I don't know about KD rooting against the Warriors. Um, one thing it could be if he wins the ring, he could just leave and be like, I don't, they don't need me here anymore. I don't know what it is, what he's going to do, or how he thinks. He's obviously not going to give his true uh, statement on this. We'll have to probably look at Twitter on some burner accounts he might have to see what he actually feels about the situation but i'll tell tell you on his real account like he was he he argues with kids and stuff like that i don't know what this guy is doing he's arguing with like at normal people on twitter like if we could shoot out if we shoot out a question kevin maybe he's probably listening right now we mentioned his name like oh yeah that's true he he knows he knows where he's being mentioned he knows like every single like detail kevin we know you on twitter a lot so like i mean come on man i mean like at the same time i think he is kind of sensitive like he he's really sensitive and if you're an nba superstar you shouldn't be that sensitive where you like have to clap back on twitter to other people in the media like all the time because like yeah they're not gonna like say like oh you're the best player in the league all the time like come on you don't have to get mad at that that's not a bad thing like you're a hell of a player but like the, no one's gonna get praised 100 percent of the time like no matter who you are so like right, i feel like that's true he, he wants that to be his reality where like oh i'm kevin Durant, i'm the best player and everybody else is garbage right that's, that's what he wants like it to be yeah, it seems like it, that's for sure. Just clapping back at this guy and that. All right. So the draft lottery was last week. And I want to say, I, wow, I didn't even expect that to happen. That that was a really crazy lottery to me. For the amount of people saying, I think this is a good look for the league. Dude. I think this eliminates tanking as a whole. Like, if the if a team like the Pelicans, who were a bad team, but, like, they weren't, like, a New York Knicks, and I still think that's pretty funny. The Knicks fans are talking about Zion all the time, and they didn't get him. That's pretty funny for all us NBA fans to see how Knicks fans, like, they just can't win. I mean, that it's always good to see the Knicks, like, suck all the time. So, like, <laughs> that's pretty good. But, like, I feel like this is good for the NBA now. Like, you don't have to tank now to get the number one pick. What do you think? Like, are you pro-tanking? 
anti-tanking. Like, no, I like the way they did it this year. If you look at it, the teams that have some of the top picks, Pelicans, obviously, um, with all the stuff they went through with the AD not wanting to be there, sitting out games, Ooh, they still managed to yeah. win some games. You know, they were still fighting out there. The rest of the team was like, all right, Anthony Davis is not here. We're still going to try to win. Drew Holiday stepped up. Jill Okafor was playing amazing. Yeah. And then you go to the second pick, the team Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think they tried tanking all year because Michael Conley was trying to win all the games he could win for the team. And obviously the Knicks got <laughs> the third pick. Bad for them, but you know they were tanking and they failed. Oh, they tanked. Uh, mis- yeah, they were tanking miserably. Like they missed layups. I remember Courtney Lee was missing layups at the end of the game. Like even one game he missed a layup like wide open just so they could lose. Like, it was blatantly obvious the Knicks' sons. Well, I mean, it's Courtney Lee, though. We know he blows a lot of layups, so who knows? Oh, yeah. what it could he, be. he just, if Courtney Lee... 2009 NBA Finals. If somebody said, like, if you would trust Courtney Lee to make a layup for your life, I mean, that's not a good bet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good bet to go. But, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I don't I don't like seeing tanking. Like I said, I know some people that defend it would be like, okay, like, that's not fair then. So, like, then the bad teams are never going to be good. But then to say that, I say that's not... That's not like the NBA's fault. That's their fault. They can't be good. Like, how are people gonna blame that? Like, every team they want every team to be good at some point, but like that can't be the case, right? Like, if the team signs players and goes out and tries to win, then they can become good. They can't just rely on ping pong balls. That's why I like this new format, like you were saying. Yeah, like, it, it eliminates tanking essentially because you don't now you don't know what odds you're gonna get and get the number one pick. The top, the tenth odds could get the number one pick. The eleventh odds could get it. Or like you said, I mean the top odds you could still get it. Yeah, like uh, the eleven we saw with the Lakers, they had the eleventh best odds. Well, they had the eleventh pick as far as projection goes, and they hopped up to the fourth. Over yeah. beat, they they beat uh, Phoenix and Cavs when it comes to the draft. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Everyone's saying that it's rigged. Come on, stop it. Because like, if, if the, it was rigged, New York would have had the first pick. Come exactly. On. If they were gonna rigged. rig it, Zion would be in New York. Yeah, it was just a matter of luck, guys. Come on, I'm sure. They don't rig drafts, right? I'm sure they don't rig the lottery. I mean, come on. Yeah, I maybe mean, yeah. <laughs> go back to what was it, 85 with the frozen envelope for Patrick Ewing? <laughs> yeah, come on. Nothing is rigged, guys. Come on, man. This is all fair, man. It's all fair business. I'm sure nothing is ever rigged, right, Adam Silver? I mean, there's nothing. It's all positively <laughs> fine. Like I said. But so with Zion on the – like, so Zion will go to the Pelicans, I imagine, right? Like, there's no way they pass up on Zion. I, I, I don't see them doing it. Yeah, Zion is a sure number one. I feel like the top three picks are already set. Yeah, most likely. Zion and then Morant and then Barry, right? Like yeah, three. that's what I think. That's what I think. I feel like Memphis... I think Memphis is going to be in a little bit of pickle, though, with Barry and Morant. Because it's like they could go either way. And I feel like those three are going to be the top picks. But, like, two and three, I feel like, could be reversed. Well, the reason why I have Memphis solidifying Morant as a two is they've already tried to deal Conley this past season and it was unsuccessful um but getting morant almost gives that up like okay now we have to get rid of conley uh or even if we don't we have conley you can kind of groom morant for the future but i feel like they're already gonna go with because i feel like morant is probably the second best player in this draft as well i think so too so i feel like that's the best pick for them and it also gives them a reason or for the fans who love michael conley to be like all right we have Moran now. I think it's time for us to all move calmly, and it won't be looked upon by the fans or by the media as a bad look for Memphis that is doing calmly dirty. And if anything, 
it's going to benefit Conley too because I feel like Conley's going to move over to some other contending team and try to make a run in the playoffs wherever he's going to go. No, yeah, I think they can't go wrong with Morant. Like I said, I think Morant, obviously I'm not saying he's like Zion. I feel like some people like Zion fans or whatever would be like, okay, Zion's on his own level. But I feel like Morant is not that far off from Zion. I think he's a really good player. I think he could shoot the ball well. He's a really good passer. And he's just really fast and athletic. He's kind of like a, dude, I always say this, he's kind of like a more efficient version of Russell Westbrook With uh, when I look at John Morant. Kind of, right? Like, well, it looks like way, it. He's it way more like efficient, it. better shooter. He's obviously way better shooter than Westbrook. I feel like he's just a way better Westbrook. And you can't pass up on that. Yeah, athleticism is there. The will to win is there. Uh, obviously, he rebounds as great as Westbrook. He's as athletic. He's a great passer. I feel like Morant's passing is more of a testament to um, his actual passing vision and willingness for the team to do better. Exactly. Not just as far as Westbrook yeah. is just, all right, once I hit 10 assists, I can start jacking up my shots now. Maybe that's not the case for Westbrook either, but it looks exactly like that. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Morant is going to be, I feel like, the second best. Barrett is almost a lock at three for New York. Uh, whether they keep the pick or not, I think they'll 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 draft Barrett either way. No, they have to. Like like I said, the Knicks, like, yeah, you don't get Zion. But I feel like, I mean, yeah, you, I'm sure nobody wanted to go in the draft saying, okay, let's get R.J. Barrett. No, they were thinking Zion. But I think R.J. Barrett wouldn't be that bad for the Knicks. Like, I think out of all the prospects, yeah, he does have, out of those three, I feel like he does have a chance to be a little bit the worst out of those three. But I still feel like he'll be solid enough for them to contribute. And I feel like it wouldn't be a bad pick. A guy that can potentially average 25 in this game. Yeah, I I can see him. If he stays on New York, he could probably average maybe even 20 this upcoming season well, because could. of the team. Unless they get like Duran and Irving, then obviously not. But he has the potential to score the most points, at least his rookie year and going forward. He is just a flat-out scorer is what he is. Yeah, that's so true about that. So, like, if you go to four, right, what what would you think? That's where the draft starts to get a little bit, like, crazy. Like, Because, like, you got those three, right? And there's a little bit of a drop-off between the next guy. Obviously, they're all good players, but, like, who would you think is the next guy? Like, who would the Lakers pick? Obviously, since we're Laker fans, we're going to talk about the Lakers right now and whatever, whatever's yeah. going on over there, the chaos or whatever. But who do you think the Lakers would draft at four, like, if you had your say? Uh, well... What I think is, whoever we draft, we're not keeping the pick anyways, because I feel like they're going to deal that pick over to try to get Anthony Davis. Or if they don't get Davis, they might deal it to do, I heard the Bradley Beal rumors. Uh, I feel like whatever they do, we might not keep the pick. However, if we do plan on keeping the pick, it's tough, because I like Darius Garland, but if you get Garland, that essentially means Lonzo is going to be gone. No, essentially, so if, yeah. If, if they're looking to get Garland, then they're making plans on trading Lonzo. But uh, what I would say for that fourth pick, uh, names that come to mind, Garland, uh, Jarrett Culver, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. I would like to see Culver on the team or Hunter, just even though those guys are forwards. I mean, they can still play the guard position, mix and match them. But I feel like when it comes to best player available, those guys are the options out there. And I feel like that's what Lakers are going to go for because you can't really go for what fit you need at the fourth pick. What they really need is like a real center. There's no real center over there at the fourth pick unless they go for the super reach and go for bull bull at number four. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. So I, I think they'll go with, uh, I would probably say Culver at the moment, though. No, that's a safe pick. And so, like, yeah, they could do a lot of stuff with it. I still think they should trade the pick because, like, 
you can if you can have the chance to get another like they have another asset now and if they can get a guy like anthony davis or something with that trade i feel like that would be a much better enticing option rather than drafting another young player and doing that whole young player development cycle again for another year so i feel like yeah they should try to go all in on trade and if not i mean yeah maybe draft a culver garland or whoever DeAndre Hunter. Uh, out of those three, I feel like I would not mind anybody out of those three. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like you have, obviously, it's a toss-up on who you want to get at the fourth pick for the Lakers, but there's only like a few, four or five guys on the short list that are there that you'll probably look forward to getting. But knowing the Lakers, they'll probably draft like a Taco Fall or something, or like a Bobo. Like. Well, actually, I don't know. The Lakers have been really well in the draft. When it comes to the draft, that's the one part that I know the Lakers do not mess up on. I have full faith in their draft uh, expertise. What about like drafting like Josh Hart or something like that? Well, I mean, Josh Hart looked pretty good for his value, right? Being a late pick. And for uh, at one point, he looked like, oh, this guy could be a solid role player going forward. Uh, but then he had a drop-off. Maybe he still off. can, but like yeah, Kuzma, I feel like, yeah, Kuzma was a steal. Like they drafted Kuzma and they Even they going back, like uh, they had Larry Nance was a great pick for his 26th Clarkson in the second round, who we actually yeah. didn't even have a second round pick. They actually bought the pick from Washington to draft Clarkson. So yeah. it's like you just getting that they just they they know what to do. D'Angelo Russell at two, even though we didn't keep the guy. Uh, for certain situations he couldn't stay, but he was a really good pick. He's doing better on their team than yeah. the Lakers, but like <laughs> yeah, doing better on the Nets. But I mean yeah, they did ultimately draft guys one way or another. Randall who ended Julius up Julius Randall, yeah. See okay. it's just. They do good. Zubak was a good draft. Just not for the Lakers. They they do good on the other teams. They just they just become good on the other teams. So like, okay, let's not talk about like all the chaos. Okay, I got like a few things I would want to say about that. But like, what would you think about all this chaos going on right now in LA in terms of Magic Johnson doing the finger pointing game with Rob? Like, no, it's your fault. Rob's like, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Like all the game. What's going on right now? Well, I know it's Hollywood. I hope it's all acting. And it's just like a comedy movie that they have planned up, like, you know, a documentary. But I don't know, man. It's It, it looks like a joke. Uh, it's it, It'll be, we'll see. All I can say is I just want to see what happens in the future now. And it's a loss for words, to be honest. Yeah. I want to say this. I want to do like this little analogy. This is how bad the Lakers are right now. So, like, say, say you're like, you're going to a doctor's office, right? And the doctor's like, okay, the doctor's not there. He's sick. And doctor's like, oh, the doctor's best friend is there, though. He's his best friend. That means he's going to be good. That's essentially what the Lakers are doing with Rob Palenka. Like, oh, Kobe's not. That's Kobe's best friend. That means he's going to be good, right? It doesn't work like that, though, right? It's not like that. Like, you can't just get somebody's best friend just because they accomplished at whatever position or his agent or whatever. Yeah. Mean that that's going to translate to being a top, like a GM in the league. That's not how the Lakers should work. It, it shouldn't, but that's how it is, right? And it's, we have to think of... It's weird because, like, all the chaos is going on. The Lakers found a new coach. Obviously, it wasn't the coach that they wanted to get initially in Tyronn Lue, but Frank Vogel, which I still think is a solid pick. His uh, introduction to the team is today. And as that's happening, Magic decides to go on first take to air all this dirty laundry out at the same time. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on. And obviously, they always end their phrases with, oh, it's no hard feelings. But then why are you doing... Or saying the things you're saying. Exactly. No. Yeah, I don't buy that when they always try to make it up for it. But like, nah, Magic, you said you, he just basically just exposed the whole. He basically exposed everybody. He basically, in translation, said Rob Palinka is a backstabber. Like he he's not a good guy, and like nobody in the Lakers knows what the hell yeah. they're doing. 
at the end of the the whole thing, he's like, yeah, he's a smart guy. And you can't say that if if he if there's no hard feelings, you wouldn't say it at all. So obviously he he said it for a reason, wanted it to be heard. And then Palinka came out and said the rumors or whatever is false. Obviously he's gonna say that too. Yeah. But it's 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 a mess. Uh, the only thing we have going for us, they did win the fourth pick. They, it's a big thing in the draft. They have assets to get deals done. Hopefully they can Anthony Davis. We still have LeBron. As long as the team is healthy, we should be okay. I would hope so. Exactly. Let's see. Let's see. The only good hope for Lakers fans have right now, you have LeBron and you have a bunch of assets to either use in the trade or run it back. Like That's the only good thing you have going for you next year and the max spot. That's the only good good thing they have going for them. But like, and that's not a bad thing. Like if you have LeBron James, you always like you're gonna make the playoffs. I know this year they didn't make it, but if LeBron James plays seventy games next year, th- this team is going to the playoffs no matter what. Oh yeah. And maybe winning heals all wounds. Like I said, the media. Maybe I agree with that. Like the media does kind of like, oh, they kind of get on a team like when they're losing and like they have high expectations. Like, but like when at the moment when you start winning, all that stuff is gone though. Like all that chaos or whatever that that stuff it just comes from losing like for six years in a row and they're just bringing it on that's what happens yeah i mean same thing the lakers for all we know could not strike gold this free agency pick up a solid pieces here and there run the team back get top six in the west and then everyone will be like oh they did a great thing by not moving their players or we could not do anything go back end up not making the playoffs and they'll be like oh they messed up. They should have traded all their guys. I don't know. It's time will tell. There are they are in a good spot as far as being able to get some guys and make some moves go. It's just the front office needs to just get their head straight and look forward to getting the team better. Yeah, like you kind of feel bad for Frank Vogel. It was supposed to be his press conference, but like it's way overshadowed by whatever happened before. It's all about oh the these two Bob and Palinka. I mean Bob yeah not Bob and Palinka fucking Bob and then Palinka you Magic come Johnson. in to know that you're not even their first option. And then they they then there's all the rumors of Jason Kidd who's your assistant is eventually gonna be the one taking over your job. It's like he's put in a bad situation right now. And yeah. you obviously don't want that coming into your first year on a team that desperately needs to make the playoffs now going forward. So, I mean, hopefully they can patch everything up and move from here. Did they need to figure this shit out? Like, I don't know who's running the team. Is it Kurt Rambis? Is it Rob Palinka? Like, like, I guess they had a press conference today, but, like, I don't know if it answered all the questions that we wanted to know. Like, who who the hell is, like, what is Jeannie Buss? Like, I know she always tries to hire people that's in the family, right? And she always does that thing, like, oh, like, how I was just talking about, like, oh, doctor's not there then you obviously go to the best friend but no that's not what you do you don't want the, the doctor's best friend making your life decisions and your health like no yeah <laughs> no i don't want that i want the doctor and somebody experienced coming in and taking care of me not that like that's what genie bus's logic is essentially i know it's i uh, hopefully they yeah like i said before and again hopefully they can get it up fix it up see what they need to do they need to delegate power they need to first thing tell the rambus is to Stay away from everything because it looks like they've been messing up a I lot. Why did, I don't know why. I, I don't know. Why, I have no clue either. Why is who's Linda? First of all, I don't even know who the hell Linda Rambis was. I know she's like a. I guess she's the wife of Kurt Rambis, right? But like, who the hell is she like to like get a front office role and like? Yeah, a what is her role? Her title? What is she? I don't know. It's how she's high enough to make some pull some strings and be an influential voice in some of the moves. But it's. I think the Lakers need to designate the role to one guy. That way you have one guy you can blame too. 
or you can appreciate, but they need to fix things up fast. Uh, yeah, they signed their fr- uh, Frank Vogel as head coach, and I think they announced that they're not going for another president or GM or whatever, and that Rob's their guy. So they're designating power, but we would like to know who's really in charge. Yeah, exactly. Like, as much as I hate the decision to go like with Wapalinka as GM, as much I don't think he's a good GM, but like, if that's the guy, then they gotta just come out and just say like, okay, this is the guy. This is what else is going on. These, this is what everybody else is doing. They need to clearly define that. Like, what's who's doing what in the organization right now? Yeah. Like, there's always been. They haven't even done any like. Oh, that is like not true at all. Whatever. Like they're gonna do that in like a press conference or something. Like make up some fake BS. But like they haven't said anything like official. That's like oh, dispelling all these rumors and stuff. It looks like this actually is happening, as we could tell from Magic. Yeah, he went up. He said a lot of things today, and yeah. uh, it's it's. Let's see how the Lakers respond if they do at all. Yeah, I mean this is a shit show. Let's just hope for the best. Like I said, this is a playoff team, but. This is not about making the playoffs, I think. It's about more than that. Yeah, it's like personal now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So much beef and stuff. All right, guys. That is going to do it for episode nine of the High Post podcast. Be on the lookout for future episodes coming. NBA finals start next week. So we'll be doing like a preview episode for that. And with the draft is coming up, we might, hell, we might even do a mock draft or something if you guys want us to do that. So be on the lookout for future episodes in the future, and we are out.